Uh, front page of the Detroit News, the headline, Ford UAW Reach Deal with 25% Raise. Uh, the headline could also be, uh, Auto Negotiations Will Never Be the Same Again. Uh, there's a lot you could put up there in those headlines. Daniel House, senior editor, business uh, columnist uh, extraordinaire of the UAW Ford uh, story. He covers it like nobody else for the Detroit News and for us. And Daniel Howe is a bit of a surprise to me, but here we go. How about you? Here we go. Um, yeah, it was about time to get a deal. Um, I think they were the union was squeezing Ford quite a bit, taking down their most profitable plant and threatening, I'm sure, to take down another one, probably here in our own area in Dearborn. But, uh, you know, they got a deal, and it will go down. I think it's one of the the richest in a very, very long time. Chuck Browning, the VP of the Ford and head of the Ford Department, said it was the richest since the days of Walter Ruther when they made some pretty major gains from the companies after the war. Um, you know, I think this is – a lot of people are going to be exulting in this, but the question I think you and I talked about is at what cost. And I don't mean financially. I mean, I do in, in part because I think one of the key questions is how competitive – are these companies going to be relative to their foreign-owned competition and the likes of Tesla? But also the rhetoric and the, the cost of relationships and, you know, Sean Fain and his mocking of Bill Ford and mocking of the, the so-called teamwork between the companies and the union against competitors like Toyota and Honda and Volkswagen, I think sets it back and, as I mentioned somebody else it reminds me of a very trumpian kind of approach to to rhetoric um, <laughs> where you know we we trash the other side we don't treat the other side with any modicum of respect we we trash them and say that the things that they say they believe in are a joke and not true et cetera, et cetera. and while you're certainly within your right to do that i'm not quite sure what it achieves aside from a quick sugar high with people who love that kind of stuff. Well put, because there's no question. I mean, unless this world is completely upside down, which might, it might very well be. But the relationship, which was the hallowed relationship for generations between Ford and the UAW, should be forever changed. I mean, you, days ago, criticizing and disrespecting Bill Ford, the guy whose name is on the building and on the cars, disrespecting wow. him. Well... You know, he's one guy, uh, but I would say this, you know, there are a lot of people who work for that company, or as they call it, Fords, um, <laughs> who are very proud of it and multi-generational. And, and the relationship with, to actually see somebody named Ford, there's no somebody, there's not somebody named General Motors or Stellantis, um, but there is somebody named Ford. And they, a, a number of them live in this community. I mean, they're not all in Boca Raton and and Hollywood, I mean, they're here. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not quite sure where that gets gets you, but this is a new approach. It's not an industrial union approach. It's a much more of a, of a social left kind of approach to the company. It's not a partner. It is an enemy to be vanquished. And competition is a dirty word when, in fact, those of us, We've been around this for a while. Know that competition is everything in this business, and 
we have to be competitive on multiple fronts, not just in the plants, not just on the product, but just across the board. Well, and certainly, and I know this is what you mean also, it, it's it's not uh, Ford competing with Stellantis competing with General Motors. The, the, the playing field is so much larger now, and the competition is from people we never even heard of 10 years ago. And uh, and it's going to com- continue to be that way, and it's going to get worse. So I think things have changed. If they all come in for this kind of a deal, it's changed, and you can mark the date down as when the auto industry, as we know it, has changed forever. Uh, because they had headwinds and problems ahead of them under their last contract under this contract it's going to be even tougher and when you consider they got the improvements the cost of living adjustment you're looking at like a 30 percent increase more than 40 dollars an hour Uh, workers with pensions those who have 401k plans and it also includes a right to strike over plant closures a first for the union well i don't know what they mean by a first for the union because i remember when i was working in new york and people came up to me and said well you're your auto guys back there in Detroit, they they finally got the right to close plants that weren't working, that weren't profitable. And I go, oh, well, that's great. Oh, no, but they still have to pay the workers. Remember that? Right. I think we call yeah, it the yeah. jobs bank. We call it the jobs bank, yeah. And, and so now, <laughs> this is the a, same thing. Well, it, it kind of feels like it. Um, it's just in a different form and probably a different mechanism. Uh, but I, I suspect that there will be uh, some re- In fact, I know there will be some reappraisals of manufacturing footprints. I think Ford felt they had, they're paying a price for um, employing more American auto workers than anybody else and building their marquee products, their F-series trucks, and their full-size and mid-size utilities all in the United States, whereas their other competitors in GM and Stellantis have Mexican production. Right, which is essentially a hedge uh, against this kind of thing that we've just gone through. Right, and nobody's I mean, there's no. Yeah, go ahead. There's no question that the UAW in this strike pretty much had maximum leverage. They had companies that were profitable. Uh, they had very high margin product being built in the United States in UAW plants, and this was the time for them to really, to essentially squeeze and get as much as they could. And I suspect that when the dust settles, uh, that's what we're going to see. Do you think we'll see any management heads roll? Not near term. Uh, I mean, would there be a rotation in a year or two, potentially? I mean, Mary Barra has come January, will have been in that job for 10 years. Think about that. That's, that's forever. Pretty, pretty long tenure in this town over the last 25 or 30 years. Um, I'm not suggesting anything by that. I'm just saying that something could happen, but I don't expect it as a result of this negotiation. I always worry that people are saying yes to terms that they know they can't live with in the long term, but they know they won't be there for five more years. That's my concern. I've watched it happen in the past. All righty. Anything else, Daniel? Nope. We're just on to the next thing, and we'll see how things shake out, and ratification is important. Yep. Uh, they, don't, they don't get it ratified. A sound of agreement means nothing. Thanks much. We'll talk again soon. You bet. Daniel Howes, 
a senior editor of business, a columnist as well, and all-round good guy here in Focus on WJR.